Ladies and gentlemen, Happy New Year. Welcome back to Offside Hockey Talk. Yes, it's been a little while. Sorry that we haven't been in your ears. And if you're wondering while I'm talking like this, ask Kyle Outridge because he's seen the video that just went up for the lovely bet we have with Ian Bowen titled Town Takes. I cut a rock-style promo that, Jamie, you'll be able to see very shortly up online. And, uh, yeah, this has been a great day. We've seen the new divisions names in the NHL. We'll talk about that. We're going to jump into the fact that, uh, hey, the Leafs are looking good, friendly, and all having fun. Everybody feels at home, like Joe Thornton said. And then we'll go around the rinks and see what else is going on. But before we do that, checking in with the crew, Kyle Outridge, how has life been since we last talked? Oh, man, uh, it's a new year. We're, uh, we made it to 2021. For a lot of us, that's, uh, that's, a, that's a positive. Uh, I'm doing good. Excited to get some hockey going and uh, jacked up for some World Juniors gold medal game tonight. Yeah, buddy. Well, let's see. Mr. Anesty, how's the day going for you? It's going well, man. It's uh, World Junior Day. Uh, unfortunately, here on the East Coast, the game has to start at 10.30 p.m. Atlantic bubble time. But hang on, hang on. It's World Juniors. Let me tell you something. It doesn't start at 10.30. The game starts the at 11. The pregame <laughs> is at 10.30. So move that back a half hour, and don't worry, I'm with you. Uh, okay, okay, okay. Because i got to be up at 4.45 in the morning, so like Kyle said, I'm going to be running right. on golden dreams all day long. <laughs> well, I think 80% of Canadians are going to be calling in sick tomorrow, tomorrow morning. Yeah, you might have a few no-shows at work. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first show of the year, and obviously we're having a lot of fun kicking it off right. The energy is high, everybody's feeling good. So, while we got the topic of conversation right here, right now, want to get a couple predictions out of the boys. We'll try to get this up before the game goes on. And maybe we get Kyle to snip this part here, so that way we can yeah, toss maybe. it up as a little World Junior clip. But I'll go with you, Mr. Anesty. What are you calling the score tonight for Canada-USA? I'll, I'll give you my prediction regulation. So, uh, regulation win for Canada, 4-2. And if it goes to overtime, 4-3 for Canada. My only my only uh, doubt is, my only doubt with Team Canada, they haven't really played, they haven't played the States. They haven't played Sweden. They haven't played tougher games compared to who the States have already played. So, I'm kind of, I'm kind of worried a little bit. Um... USA did lose the lead last night, um, but Canada didn't let their foot off the pedal in, in the last game. So if, if it's a full 60 minutes by Team Canada, then, then they roll over Team USA. It's not going to be 5 nothing. I'm very surprised they beat the Russians 5 nothing. I'm wondering now if uh, Dubas is picking himself or picking Amir off in the, in the draft. He did nothing throughout this whole tournament. Um, but there's my prediction. Four two in regulation. If it does go to overtime, Canada does win in overtime four three. Yeah, that's solid. I'm gonna go with a, with a four one win. Uh, Canada's Canada's gonna dominate. Uh, they're, they're wait, 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 wait. You're going with a team with a maple leaf on their chest and a four one win. Are you yes, cursing sir, us before we get there? <laughs> No, it's Canada. Uh, this is different. No, no, no. This, this team right here, this team right here is four lines in your face. We are going to be all up in your grill yeah. all night long. Cub Bullshit is, is calling bullshit right now. Cub <laughs> Bullshit, if you can hear this, and he will listen to this after this is recorded, no. 
He's not liking the 4-1 prediction. I'm going to put it to you like this. You know what the shocker is going to be? Is USA is going to score first. That's where it's going to be. It's going to be 0-0 within 10 minutes. Yes, I believe after the first period, it's going to be 2-0 USA. No, no, I will give them that big. That, that Canada's not going to let them out of their We're trying country. to get viewers in the States there. Wow, well, uh, you know, when we got that big basket from Canada winning, uh, I think uh, we'll get all the viewers. <laughs> yeah, I don't, want the, I don't want their Dunkin' Donuts. They can keep their Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, we got Jimmy's Donuts over here. Listen, I, I'm going to put it to you like this. I, I, li- I like... Keep their... I like your close game. Gift cards, man. I don't want their IHOP gift cards. You can keep that crap. I like your close game prediction there, Jamie, and I, I like your 4-1 enthusiasm, but I said we're going to lay the smacketh down. I put it out there like that. It is going to be a 4 nothing drubbing. It's going to be pillar Holy to post. It is going to be... I won't what, say the word. The I won't say the word. Coffee mug this morning. I won't say Holy the word, Jeffers. but it's going to be a 4 nothing absolute mauling. It's going to be like a Russian bear just rolling over the Americans, kind of like their election seemed to go. You know, all kinds of tampering and interference going on there. So we're going to be making sure that's 4 nothing Canada, picking up the gold medal, picking up a lovely basket from Titletown Takes, and I can't wait. It's going to be absolutely great. And you guys are right. Team Canada has not allowed an even strength goal throughout this entire tournament. Put that in your head. Levi is tied with Mr. I believe it's Pogi and all of the Justin all yeah. of the uh, lovely records and save percentages and all that stuff and he's still got one more game to play. So why not get the uh, old 4-0 and let it roll boys cuz that's what's going to happen tonight. And like I said in the promo, it doesn't go around your waist, it's gold around your neck. It's world junior supremacy respect and that is what Canada that's will have good. tonight. Yeah, Levi right. couldn't go to a better team than Florida. Like it was unfortunate Pogi got drafted to the Leafs because they probably threw him under the bus. Threw him under the bus, and that's probably why he only played five or six games in the NHL. Florida, man, that's a hockey hotbed for like guys that you know want to hone their game, right? And that's a great place for Levi. And hey, I've talked to Alan Corkum. You know him very well, Kyle, and he's got all the praise in the world for this kid. Won a Junior A championship. You know, yeah. like look at look at Justin, uh, Justin Williams. Won a, won a played, silver, won a silver at the yeah. World Junior Age, the World no, Junior Age Championship for Canada. Absolutely. For the kids watching or listening, hey, Justin Williams won Stanley Cups. He played with the Pean Raiders. Matt Weger played the Pean Raiders. Won a Mem Cup. Now in the NHL. So kids, you know, if you're in the A, Junior A, Junior B, Zach Sell, NHL, right? So I know. He, he was a fighter, and that fighting's gone. But hey, like coming from Junior A, overlooked, overlooked in the summer, was only given a shot at the selection camp in November, and shining. And I, I truly believe he won't turn out to be like Justin Bogey on a Florida Panthers team. He won't be thrown under the bus as quick as he was in Toronto, or as Bogey was in Toronto. No, I don't think he will either. But you got to remember, Florida's also got another goaltender in the pipeline that uh, is backstopping the Americans tonight, and Spencer Knight. So they have yeah, both they're of gonna them. Have, they're going to have a pretty lethal one-two tandem when those two get into the league. Holy oh, <laughs> imagine, imagine Levi wins the gold medal and then next year has to go to camp with Spencer Knight. Hey, that's going to be fun at camp. Wow. That's going to be some John going on at camp. Holy shit. Wow. You just walk around with that medal around your neck and say, you know what, I'm taking yeah, your number yeah. one spot and I'm taking the well, gold medal. Jonathan Tate won a gold and he beat Patrick Kane. They had to share a locker room, so hey, they, they made it work. 
They did, they did. Well, speaking of making it work, the NHL is now making it work with, you love that beautiful transition right there. You're making it work with the new divisions, obviously. You got new names out there. And I want to ask you guys, before we get into the names and all that stuff, you see the logos on the helmets. You're seeing the division names. The NHL is selling anything that it can possibly get its hands on to sell to someone. I'm wondering, does it go beyond this season? I'll ask you first, Kyle. Um, for me, I hope it doesn't. I mean, this is a novelty season. Everything's a novelty. Uh, you have an all-Canadian division. You have teams that can't travel here, there, and everywhere. So I'm wondering, does it go beyond this division or this, this season? And um, what else do you think is going to be touched upon? Kyle, you first. Well, I, 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 I know they're talking about it's just a one-and-done thing, but I, I don't see it. I, I do see this carrying over, especially the helmets. Um, not so much the divisions. I mean, once we are, we're able to travel and things, I think the divisions will go back to to the to the to the original ones. But as for the sponsorships, I mean, I think people got to understand this is probably going to be a thing for a while because these players want to get paid, the staff need to get paid, and the owners don't want to lose money. So how else do you bring in money without making people lose money? Well, you start selling sponsorships. So I wouldn't be surprised to see the pants getting sold next. Um, you know, I think I think we're we're shifting to a to a point where it's going to be like they do over over in Europe, where you know they sell the pants, they sell the helmets, they sell some patches on the jersey, whatever they got to do. I'm all for it, man. Whatever whatever brings the money in for the guys and, and gets them playing and, and keeps them playing, I'm all for it. I mean, I what what's a couple couple logos on a pants or a helmet? I mean, I hear people raving over, oh, the logos on the helmets are too big or this or that. Like you're not going to be paying attention to that when the game's going on anyway. So who cares? Let them make the money. I think. It's, I think it's going to be the norm. I think I definitely think the uh, the helmet advertising and the uh, pants advertising will be a thing to go on for for years to come. Murder and Murder <laughs> McDavid skate too fast to even look see the when you're in the watching <laughs> game. They skate too fast to even see the ads right? on their pants. Yeah, it's so just a border. It's irrelevant, man. You're going to watch that. You're going to be in awe of how McDavid, Matthews, Murder, and all them kids play. You're going to give it crap if there's ads. Fun. I was making a joke last night with James. They're going to skate so fast, I think the stickers are going to fall off their helmets. Right? So, hey, like it's, hey, whatever pays the bills. And I hope someday down the road here at Offside, we have uh, Dave Poole, and he played overseas, and he can, he, can give you the, the, he can give you the gist of the ads. At one point, they ran out of room. They had to sew ads on the seat of his pants. Right? So, hey, whatever pays the bills, there's no concessions, there's no fans paying astronomical prices for beer sales. So, hey, you got to make money somewhere, and the ads make sense. No, they definitely do. And like I said, I I know that they're going to be going beyond the season. I don't want them to. Um, you know, not a purist, but, you know, you just look at things, and you, you like the way the clean look the NHL has always been. It's been so clean. But now, once you dip your toe in the water, you don't take your toe back out. You put more of it in, and you get fully submerged. So... I could see what Kyle was saying about the pants. I could see them, you know, maybe because they show the gloves so much, maybe something sewing into the gloves of each player. Yeah. Um, different things, you know, maybe a mouth guard sponsorship for per team. You know, some, you know, you could put the name across the mouth guard, whatever. You know, there's all kinds of different things you could do. Look what the uh, World Juniors did with the skates, with the, <clears throat> with the flags. You know, so you can definitely yeah. uh, have a clip on to each skate or something or a patch or whatever on a skate. Um, you know, how many times through a broadcast do they talk about 
you know, this guy's skating or that guy's skating and, you know, you zoom in on that and, hey, it's a Geico sponsor or whatever, whatever it is, you know, Intact Insurance, Old Navy, you name it, Toys R Us, you can have anything on there. And, I mean, that's more money for the team, more money for the league, more revenue you split between the players and et cetera, et cetera. And, like I said, once you dip your toe in the water, you don't pull it back out. You go in further, and that's going to be the unfortunate part of this. Um, I just do not want them to go full Swiss League, you know, advertisements <laughs> everywhere, and you can't see the logo. Um, I don't want to infringe on the, the Maple Leaf, on, you know, the Habs logo as much as we don't like that team. You know, even the Spoke Beef or the Bruins. Think of that all swamped in logos. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, you know, those logos are cherished. You know, you want to go helmets, yeah. you want to go gloves, you want to go skates, you want to go pants, fine. But the actual sweater, aside from maybe a little patch on the chest or something, uh, I'd leave that alone. The, the four biggest sponsors are like the Discovery, the Mass Mutual, the Scotia, and the Honda. So that's a big, big enough company. Just to have a little sticker on the helmet, hey, you're showing off the sponsorship there. I think that's, that's solid. And, you know, you see it in Junior B, James. Yourself too, Kyle. They're on the side of the shoulder. We represent yep. the Nova Scotia Junior Hockey. We've got uh, a, our logistics company. We've got them on the back. I could see them on the back below the, the number in the NHL. Like have you know, like uh, I don't know, Seven Eleven or whatever it's in Toronto at the bottom of the number, uh, the mm-hmm. number there. So hey, there's places. It's 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 very well shown in Junior B, Junior A on your in Ontario in in Nova Scotia. So hey. Just we, we we have enough ads on our jerseys, and maybe that's enough, right? Just on the shoulders or on the bottom of the nu- uh, number, uh, you know, on the on pants and all that crap. You know, Joe Thornton, you can you can ask him. He just came over from Switzerland or uh, played HC seven one nine one whatever team he played on, and he he can give you the gist of the ads, right? So hey, it's whatever pays the bills. But you're right, James. I, I don't want to see it plastered, and then you know you. You don't really have that true traditional value left in that jersey. This Leafs jersey is something that's been around for 100, um, 100 years or so. You don't want it plastered and, and advertised. No, no, definitely don't. Well, speaking of the Leafs, obviously, we'll jump into that now. We haven't talked about the Leafs for a while, but we finally have a... We haven't talked for so long. We actually have a season start date. Training camp has started. Um, you listen to the media availabilities. I'm going to ask you guys a bunch of questions. I'll throw my opinion at the end of it. Uh, first one right out of the gate. Sheldon Keefe didn't get asked any question about lineup, where he's going to play players. So he took upon himself at the end of his media availability to say, hey, you guys never asked me about the lines and where I'm going to play players, but Joe Thornton will be playing with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, and Jimmy VC will be playing with William Nylander and John Tavares. So I want to ask you guys right out of the gate, you think of those two lines, and we, we see what Joe Thornton's able to do. We know his age. We know everything. We know how he's feeling, apparently. Same with Simmons. But I'm wondering, do you guys like seeing two players that were not a part of this roster in your top six when you had a guy like McKay, who did so well, and other players? And like I said, I'll throw mine in the end. But, Kyle, what do you think about the uh, proclamation from the coach? Well, I, I like it. I mean, listen, we all we all know Joe Jumbo Joe. He's a he's a he's a playmaking guy. He's gonna pass the puck, um, and he's he's a big body on the puck, and he's he's a hard body to move off the puck. So when you got Matthews and Marner, and you're trying to find them space, and you're trying to find a way to get them more open ice, why not throw Jumbo Joe on their line and let him 
toss the pucks over, go get those pucks in the corner, be a net foot presence that's just going to take up a whole bunch of ice and take up eyesight and, and take away the goalie's eyes. I mean, I, I love it. I think it's great. And, I mean, let's not get crazy. Um, Keith has come out and said his man, his minutes will be managed. So, I mean, it's not like he's going to be playing, you know, top-line minutes every game, every night of the, every night of the season. I mean, you're going to see guys move up and down, and there's going to be some rotation. But for what it is, to start, I'm excited to see it. I mean, <laughs> just think of big 97 out there and Marner and Matthews just getting to skate around with all this open ice. And let's not be let's not be stupid. Uh, I don't see anybody taking any cheap shots on that line anytime soon. Uh, you won't see Marner getting checked from behind or Matthews because, well, you're going to have that beard and Jumbo Joe in your face real quick. So, um, And I also heard it said, you know, you, you get these guys like, you know, last year and the years before, as many people say we cry about penalties and not getting penalties called, it's the truth. I mean, the Leafs have had the worst luck when it comes to having penalties called for us, okay, on other teams. So now instead of having Matthews or Marner, you know, a kid, in a sense, to some of these refs, going up to the refs complaining, well, now you send Jumbo Joe over there. Let Jumbo Joe have a conference with the refs, you know what I mean? Let him get in the ear. The guy that with so much respect, he's been in the league forever. I mean, it just, it all it all works. And I mean, if he, if he can be any kind of production on that line and just, getting pucks and, and getting the boys into open ice, I think it's well worth the shot. And I love it. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped. Let's go. <laughs> Jamie, what do you think, buddy? Uh, a few question marks on my end here. Like, uh, uh, yes, Joe Thornton on the top line. Toronto's a possession team. My only worry is it's going to happen. You're going to play 10 games in 17 days or 18 days or however many days. That's going to happen. Now can Thornton live up to expectations on that top line in in 17 games in 12 days or have it works out? Uh, it's it's going to be it, right now. We're in, we're just in the camp. We've got to really just see how the first game against Montreal Canadiens, which happens on January 13th, we've got to just wait it out, see what happens. So, but moving to moving away from Thornton for just one second, I'm I'm a little skeptical on the the bottom. Like hold on, hold on. We'll, we'll jump to that in a minute. Yeah, we're we're, we're, we're going to okay. ter- terrorize these two lines first. We don't want to jump down there. Jump the lineup, so to speak, but uh, I'll give you my, my two on this. So these two lines, you look at them and you see, okay, Thornton's there, VC's there. You look at the players down low. You're right, Kyle. They're, they're going to be a circle. They're going to be a blender, if you will. It's going to be thrown together. And yeah. you've seen it against Columbus. You've seen players come in and out of lines and switch up on lines. And it's going to be something different you can throw every single time. Now, will you have set formation with Thornton? Yes. But will Thornton always be there? No. He'll throw somebody else out there like a Mikheyev who's showing he can play up the lineup. Or a Simmons or you name it. Zach Hyman. You know he's good on those lines. But you have Thornton there for what you said. For not just namesake, but the respect sake. Players like Thornton and Marlowe and Sidney Crosby, Patty Kane, Johnny Taze, may his season get back on track with the health as well. But you look at those things, those players have the respect in the league. So if they're on a line with Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner, that respect factor is there. Like you said, they won't get run, they won't get mauled, they won't get bowled over. And if they do happen to get bowled over, well, then you got Wayne Simmons coming over the boards with Jake Muzzin and probably Zach Bogosian as a unit. You know, on a forward line that probably has Spetz and Hyman on it. But I'm really excited to see what Jimmy VC can bring because there was so much hype around this guy. Now you get a chance to play with two bona fide players who could put points up in John Tavares 
and William Nylander. And if he can stick and stay there, I'm pretty damn excited to see what VC can bring. Because he didn't get a fair shake. Nobody really did in Buffalo last year. But I think in this team here with so much skill, speed, and everything there, I think he can really shine and not really have to worry about too much on the back end of things. And that's the other thing with Thornton going up with Matthews and Marner. Thornton already said that he'd be the guy to hang back and let those guys be able to do their offensive thing and cover up for them defensively. And we know what Thornton can do with a big stick and the big body. So if he's there and able to allow those things to happen, then you have two lines that are really able to be cohesive. And Jamie, to get down on those bottom two lines, I mean... I'm not excited that Babaranov or Babarinov or whatever his name is. I'm going to call him Babar. You know, you know, I'm I'm very, uh, he's there, but you know, I know he's been in camp for an extra couple of weeks or whatever. Congratulations. Um, But I think a guy like Nick Robertson probably deserves that line. But here's what I've said to you guys all along. You cannot have Nick Robertson riding on your third and fourth line. That's not what they built this team to look like this year. They don't want no. all that skill in the bottom six. They want the nope. skill up top. So you have a guy like Nick Robertson that probably will rotate in and out with a guy like Jimmy VC or Joe Thornton. But you won't see him in the bottom six, and that's why he's not there. And everybody's screaming and crying, well, you kept him from the World Juniors. He didn't get to play with Team USA and help them win. He didn't get that experience. No. But at the same time, he is going to get a chance to play with this team. Look, Pierre Ingwall was a part of this team last year. Everybody loved the giraffe, and now the giraffe is he's back at the zoo. Guy out this year <clears throat> he's on the yeah, he's on the fifth line. But here's he's the a, thing: and I'm, I, we sorry. have we have a taxi squad for a reason. We have these extra players for a reason. It's a condensed schedule, like you guys just alluded to. So you're going to need these players. You're going to need them to fill in your lineup when a guy is nicked or banged up, and you're playing three and four nights. It's going to happen. You're going to need to have these guys in there. And why would it not hurt? Because it certainly doesn't seem to me to have younger guys ready to step in. Younger guys who have not made their impact yet, but you want them to make an impact. And how hungry will they be to prove you right and to make their mark when they get a chance in the lineup? And a guy that comes to mind every single time, I don't know if you guys remember Boyd Devereaux, but every time he got called up from the Marlies, the guy would damn well score. It was almost a running Brian joke. Brian the same way. Brian yeah. the same way. So these guys come up and they score because they're hungry and they're young and they want it. Now you have a taxi well, squad where you need these guys there. Yeah, and you got to remember, I mean, like uh, the same situation with Sandin last year, right? And and burning burning a year of the ELC. you got to remember, this year it's seven games, I believe, um, burns a year of the ELC. So what do you want to do? Do you want to bring them up, have them run the third, fourth line, get garbage minutes and not get much production and not, not – not be able to settle in or you know you keep him because i'd be if he's on the taxi squad he's not burning a year until he starts playing right so i mean you you have to have these guys like this is the thing like it's a 56 game season or whatever i think it's 56 games is what we're doing and i mean you're gonna have guys are gonna get bumps you're gonna have guys are gonna get bruises so you need those guys that are gonna be able to slot in and be you know productive or be able to to jump up and down the lineup wherever the injuries may happen right so to have Robertson on in in on in camp and not in the top lineups for camp camp lines, I mean, it's not a big worry. I mean, you're going to see Nick Robertson this year. Let's not let's not care. You're going to see him in a game. You're going to see him in a few games. But I really think they're hesitant on taking him in and having him ride the full year and burning that first year of his ELC. When next year we're going to likely, hopefully, 
and all things go correct, be back to a normal season. And then you can have them play normally, have them on the Marlies, wherever the case may be, if, if, a, if AHL is able to come back. So, I mean, I, I'm, I, I've seen it. I'm like, what do you mean Nick Robertson's not in there? But it, when you think about it and you talk to some people, I mean, it's not a smart, it's not a stupid decision by Dubas and company to have him there, have him learning, have him molding with the team, and then whenever we need him, he's available. So, I mean... People are going to say, well, he, he's too good. Well, yes, he is too good, but think about what he's going to be next year when he gains a little more size, a little more muscle, when he's not, you know, when he's not so new. Like, I mean, he did good in the bubble. I, I And what and what little action we've seen him in, I, I was happy with what we've seen him in. I, I, I think he's going to be a, a great player, and he's going, to, he's going to be able to move up and down the lineup for us. I think we have a few more guys on the way that are going to be able to do the same. So I don't think, yeah, you know, you don't, you don't want to look in too much into it as he's, being demoted or he's not going to get his chance. He's going to get his chances. It's Nick Robertson. The kids show he can play. He's going to get his chances, but I think they're really trying to manage burning years on ELCs. Like, I mean, we just did it with, with Rasmus Sandin. So, you know what I mean? Like, what do you do? Do you want these guys burning years just to have them sit down? I mean, he's young. He's got lots of time. Don't, don't rush him. We don't need to rush him because we need him for the long haul. So, uh, I'm not too worried about it. I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be good, and I think we're going to see a lot of Nick Robertson. Yeah, they didn't go to Team USA for a reason. I know there was a... Um, and that was his choice, too. Right? you got to remember, he wanted to be here. He wanted to be training. He wants to try and make yeah. this this team or the taxi squad. Sorry, dude. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's, of course, Kirby Doc goes to Team Canada and gets hurt. Uh, Lafreniere goes to Team Canada and gets hurt. Hey, you know, <laughs> does, does Robertson make Team USA better? If he plays tonight in, with Team USA versus Canada... I'm shaking in my boots. I'm like, wow, they got Nick Robertson, Caulfield, and Zagres. Oh, man, like that would have been dynamite. You can't just rely on Cousins. But, hey, that's we're not going to get into that. But, hey, like, I'm, my, I, as I was saying to Barb Barabinoff, I've talked to uh, some great sources in the last week through the Hockey News, and right now they have, they're leaning towards Engvall being the odd guy out, maybe because of salary issues or something like that. But, um, hey, it's it, it, they're going to have that rotating door um, on the fourth line, and Robertson needs to be with a guy that can – maybe Tavares, a guy – or Thornton. Like, that's what they thought. Robertson was going to be with Thornton, so he can feed them the pocket, give them some points. I, I strongly believe – Robertson may get 18 to 20 odd points. He can still do that. And um, I don't even know if we're going to have time to get into Miroff. I've been really disappointed in this, in this World Juniors. I've been watching a lot of a lot of the prospects for the Leafs, and uh, maybe that will be a, a, a conversation for another day. But right now, like, it's uh, seeming like seeming that Engvall's the odd guy out. And then the uh, best tweet I've seen all day, Marincin is not part of the – the group one parents at practice. Best tweet, <laughs> best tweet I've seen all day. How is he still on the run? Uh, and uh, <laughs> um, this is the best thing that actually happened. Ray, Ray Ferraro and Darren Dreger has now come on the podcast, and they're able to answer viewers' questions. I sent a question in today. How much more time do we have to see Marincin in a Leafs jersey? 
and I hope someday they answer the question, and then I'll that'll kind of put put the end to it because they 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 know their stuff. So I really hope they can answer that and put an end to this. Because like, how much longer do we got to see Marinch and at, at Leafs camp or even in a Leafs jersey? And my Leafs and AHL starts February fifth. I can't come soon enough. Cause that's definitely where he's going. Well, you look at this, and finally the Leafs go to camp, and Mark Marinza is no longer a savior in their top six or seven. He's now the ninth or tenth best defenseman we have available. So that speaks volumes. Another guy that I want to touch on right quick for the Maple Leafs, and we're going to wrap this relatively soon, but hey, Amico Lettinen comes over, and obviously point-per-game guy over in the KHL. Uh, a lot of hype, a lot of praise. Everybody's wondering how the game will translate over here. Everybody's hoping we found the defensive version of Panarin, you know, our diamond in the rough. Um, wondering for you guys, what is a realistic expectation? And we need to, in this city, really temper down when we have a prospect or someone who's doing really well, temper down the expectations and not instantly think they're a bust or a failure if they don't work out immediately. But for me, I look at Miko Lettinen and say, this is a guy that will probably play in our top six somewhere, probably get a little power play cookies to get his feet wet, and it will be a guy that we don't rely on, but it will be a guy that is steady for us when we need to bring him in and out of the lineup. And who knows, he may earn his full-time spot, but I'm thinking Travis Dermott's really going to want to say something this year. But guys, what do you think? Miko Lettinen, here to stay or a bust? Well, I think he's here to stay. Uh, I mean, this guy's a real deal. Uh, he, he, he's not, I, like, let's not get crazy. He's not going to be, uh, he's not going to be uh, the production that he was doing over overseas, but uh, he's going to be reliable. He's going to move the puck. He's going to be able to, you know, slot in on a power play, probably second unit, wherever he, wherever he decides to use him. I think, he, I think he's a real deal. I think he's definitely going to stay. I'm excited to see what he can do. I agree wholly with what Kyle just said, but he is as of today, uh, January 4th, the defensive pairing is uh, paired, up, paired up with Bogo. So, hey, uh, Sandy and Dermott, Letton and Bogo, Muslin Hall, Riley and Brody are today's defensive pairings for Group 1. And like I just said, um, we don't see Martin Marincin on that Group 1. So, really, this Group 1 pairings, Barbaroff with Spetson Simmons, is what we will probably see January 13th. I think Barbaroff, Engvall, and Robertson kind of switch spots. I don't see McKayev, Careport, Hyman, Nylander, Tavares, BC, Matthews, Martin, and Thornton being separated. Um, so I think it's just the Barbanoff left wing that gets, gets shifted around. And then I think defensive pairings and what you'll kind of see uh, January 13th, is at least my prediction. But hey, I'm, I'm not at least camp, so I can't really tell you who's well, good or who doesn't right now. So. We'll have a, uh, a great insight come Friday as Terry Koshan will join the show and break down what is happening at Leafs camp and everything going on inside and out. So we'll be able to get some real questions in there and figure out who looks good, who doesn't. I mean, there's going to be a lot of chatter amongst the media members. So we'll get an honest opinion out of Terry. But I look at this team, and, and for once, and it seems like, and I said this to you guys in the summertime, this may be the first season, there isn't a dark cloud other than COVID. Obviously, come on, guys, I know that's there. But you look at this season, there's there's no dark cloud around the Maple Leafs. There's no contract dispute. Everybody's signed. Everybody's here. Everybody who's come in is excited to be here. Joe Thornton saying it feels like home. You got Bogosian happy. You got Simmons saying he can't believe he's playing here, how wonderful the organization already is, and they haven't played a single game yet. You know, and you got all of these guys 
who have quarantined together with Joe Thornton, Matthews, and Nylander, and Sandine, and Mac Hollowell. All these guys were together hanging out for two weeks while they quarantined before the season. So there is a cohesiveness already, and these guys are starting to, to play off one another and have fun. So I think that's something that's been missing. And, you know, Jen hasn't been on for a little bit, but that's something she said that we were missing, you know, is the fun around the game, making hockey fun for these guys. And it's been such a daunting task to be a Maple Leaf lately because everybody had a contract. And then there was Babcock. And then there was, we didn't play this guy. And then there was a pandemic. And then there was, hey, we're now we're in a bubble. Then we didn't beat Columbus. And the sky is falling. And Freddie is leaving. Oh, no, Freddie's staying. So now everything seems calm. The water seems clear and calm and ready for us to go on a trek. Guys, I want to ask you right here today before we go any further. The Toronto Maple Leafs. Where do they finish in your minds in the Canadian division this year? Top five. <laughs> Kyle, we, you know, you know we're homers, so we're gonna, you know where we're gonna put them. Anyways, go ahead, Kyle. No, I, I believe they're gonna be in the top spot. I, I uh, not like I thought it's not gonna be an easy road to get there. Don't, don't get me wrong, we're gonna have, we're gonna have some we're gonna have some tough battles, but. Uh, I think for the most most part, when this team gels and this team gets going in full strength, this this team's going to be some something to mess with, and uh, I think people are going to be shocked. You're going to see Toronto up on top this year, and uh, I mean, uh, it, it's it's for for me, I'm not worried about the the season. It's it's the playoffs, and uh, I think we're going to get there. We're going to get there on top. We're going to have a favorable matchup, but uh, you know, we're still going to have to still going to have to put in some work. But uh, I do see Toronto on top at the end of the season. I see Toronto being second. Second to Calgary. Some reason I feel like out of here. <laughs> I feel like Calgary got their goaltending solved up and that was their yeah. Achilles heels for so long. Yeah. That was their yeah. Achilles heels for so long. They shored up their defense as well. You know, adding Tanov and doing different things. So I think that you gotta watch Calgary this year, man, with goaltending. It's a thing you they haven't had. I know I, I, I follow Peter Lombardi's quite a lot, quite a bit, and he covers the Calgary Flames, and he's said, like, if Markstrom can, you know, quickly uh, figure out that program in Calgary, then, hey, it, it works. And right now, he's probably the best goalie besides uh, Carey Price, and Montreal did improve the most in the last couple months, so I got him at first. Hey, I'm, I know I'm, this is the least effort. Uh, program, but um, I've got the Montreal Canadiens at first. Toronto's right around, right around third place. Um, but hey, look at the St. Louis Blues. They crapped the bed right till Christmas and turned it around. But hey, does we plan have that much patience? If we crap the bed around Christmas, we're going to be all over these guys. So hey, it's either, you know, come out, out of the woodbine gate pretty quickly in first place, or it's going <laughs> to be, it's going to be, uh, oh, I can't say the word on um, uh, I can't say the word, but it's going to be messy pretty quick if Toronto doesn't jump off the gate pretty uh, first place. So I'd say it's it's league playing. It's, it's, nobody really has patience, but I say I say third, give third or fourth is, is uh, a safe bet at this point. Oh, time. FYI, this just dropped. Dennis Malgin, Toronto is on waivers, folks. Bam! The Malgin Express yeah. is leaving Toronto. Just reported by Elliot Friedman himself. 
Jeez, the Malkin yeah. era is over. No more there's, Malkin. There, no, there was no room for him. That's, you know, that's the same thing. Like We won't get into why Connor didn't sign Corey Perry. Like, Corey Perry, hey, he would have been lovely at number 10. Oh, actually, he couldn't wear a 10 because uh, some Kennedy guy from back in the 60s wore 10, so he can't even wear a 10. But, hey, it, it, he would have been lovely in Toronto. But you got no room for Corey Perry. 750000 a little nice little deal, but... You know, let some young guys have that spot, right? And that would have taken that Robertson spot for sure. And we had Perry. So. Well, we'll look at it like this: we we can't wait for the season to get going. Obviously, it's the first show of the new year. Everything's getting back up to speed, and ladies and gentlemen, obviously, we're having fun with it. So bear with us, and we work out the kinks and get all the scheduling done. But we should be back in your ears on Friday. Enjoy the gold medal game tonight. Enjoy the camp for the rest of the week. And like we said, special guest dropping by Friday is Terry Koshan. Very exciting times. But ladies and gentlemen, that is Offside Hockey Talk for today. And this is Offside Hockey Talk, where hockey comes to talk. Hockey.